Welcome to Coachville Caffeine for Monday, May 9th, 2011, the world headquarters for the Play Big Revolution with our host, Dave Buck. It's show 297. We're coming to you live through our call-in lines and webcasting live on Blog Talk Radio. Topical conversation for coaches that never disappoints here in the inspiration economy. Let me turn things over to Coaching Maven Dave Buck for our Monday boost. Hello there. Hello, Captain. Well done. How are you? I, I'm fine. How are you this fine day? I am doing great. I'm very excited to be here today. Um, and uh, we have uh, Coach Deanna is here as well. Hello, Deanna. Hello there. Awesome to have you here on the show. And uh, I think we have our guest today, Sarah Woodruff, on the line. Sarah, are you there? I am. Hello, everyone. Fantastic and awesome to have you here on the show today. Thank you so much. Well, you're welcome so much. Thank you so much for being our guest today in our in our cozy little uh, cafe living room, virtual cafe living room, <laughs> <laughs> for a little uh, coaching conversation. So before we get into um, our guest uh, conversation with our guest, I have a few uh some social commentary to uh, jump into. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think the one big thing to talk about, uh, just briefly, and I, I'll just say this. I mean, I was, I'll just tell you the facts. I was thoroughly depressed and discouraged and just not even knowing what to think or say about life last Monday. I was just so disgusted with humanity, especially with my fellow citizens here of the USA, chanting USA at sporting events because we were able to kill some guy. Just thoroughly discouraged and disgusted me. And... I, I really didn't know what I was going to say or do about it. But um, fortunately, I was not the only one feeling this way, and more and more voices of this type started to percolate around various blogs and uh, radio programs and things. So my my faith in humanity was restored <laughs> over the course of the week. <laughs> And I was very happy about that because if it hadn't, I really just don't know what I was going to do. Although I did really um, have some amazing conversations about this in my classes on Tuesday and Wednesday and just really felt renewed that as coaches, we really have to step up our game and, and have in, in making the world a better place. And in in having a, a more compassionate um, world community, and yeah, it, for sure, you know this individual uh, did some really bad things, and it was a diabolical character, for sure, diabolical individual. At the same time, just watching people celebrate just made me feel like, what is wrong with us? You don't celebrate something like that. It's like a ter- it's a terrible thing. It's like maybe relief, but not, you know, not chanting and taunting. That's just stupid. 
So, you know, what what is it? You know, so how do we and, and you know how do we how do we deal with this? And how do we learn about? Um, you know, it's like like I love athletics, and you know, I also love a good winner. Right, I love someone who wins and is like, you know, proud of winning, excited of winning, but not taunting the other team. You know, like ta- you don't taunt the other team when you win after the game is over. You know, you just you can be excited and you know about winning and feeling good, but you don't taunt the other team when you win. That's just not how good players, great players, don't taunt the other team. So it's like we have to teach people how to play. How to play fair, how to play with character and courage. So I was really renewed with with just feeling like as coaches we have to step up our game, and we have to we have to teach the world how to play again because the world is how, how to play. Go ahead. Okay, Gina. I need to just I, I'm she's like climbing the walls wanting to jump in here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, Dave knows my thoughts because I was actually the one, when we spoke, Dave and I have check-in calls every day in the morning. And when we had our check-in call that Monday, I started the call with, what is going on? And he, his response was, what, what do you mean by that? And I went into this whole tirade about what I was seeing on Facebook. And my, my experience was exactly the same. I was just... Um, heart sick by the fact that so many people were applauding and and expending a lot of time and energy to celebrate someone's death. And it just really threw me off guard and threw my energy off guard. Um, and, And I mean, I think part of this conversation should be how do we as coaches inspire that kind of expenditure of thought and energy and emotion for the common good on a regular basis. And because people clearly have time, and they have time to put many posts on Facebook to sort of continue the conversation. And and so, I mean, I can't stop. I've been obsessing about how to turn that energy to energy of good. And and as, as a coach, how to do that. I mean, that's a lot. People put a lot of energy into that celebration of something um, horrible. How do we get the world to put that kind of energy into the celebration of good things? Yeah, that's a great question. Seriously. (laughs) Really, it's a great, great question. And, uh, Sarah, you know, since you're our guest here in the conversation, feel free to jump in if you want to weigh in on this particular topic. I just want you to know. Yeah, I'm sitting here biting my tongue like, when can I jump in? (laughs) Yeah, so feel free. Do you have a thought? I, I, absolutely, I do. This, um, you know, I'm on definitely on the same path as the both of you. And something that I personally experienced was, I I did go to my Facebook wall and I I posted my personal beliefs, and it was um, similar to what you all believe, but different than what my you know most, the majority of my friends believed. And um, you know, it kind of it, it made me humble because it made me. Um, really have to look at myself and realize, okay, politics needs to stay off of Facebook <laughs> because, because that, that truly, it, I mean, it, it really divides people. But I think what I was trying to do was, 
you know, like you guys said, it was, um, it's not celebrating the death of someone. I, I don't see how that's pleasurable. I don't see, I, I don't understand that. Um, you know, for me, I just hope that it brought some sense of peace to those that um, needed it. But to celebrate the death of someone is no better than, in my opinion, than those that celebrated the deaths of all of our people. Correct. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very that's a very big point, and then it just perpetuates the perpetuates. It's like okay, now you know, now it's their turn to kill somebody. So you know, it's like absolutely, it, it, it just turns it into a, a you know. A uh, tit for tat scenario, and somewhere along the line, we have to break the chain. That's you know, right. Someone has, someone has to break the chain, and I, I really thought better of our people, and I was I was disheartened. But just you know, at at one hand, but then the next day, it's like, okay, well, we got to keep going. We got to keep we got to keep playing for for you know teaching people how to play fair and play with character and play with courage, and and that that's it's not appropriate to taunt the other team when you win and we have to just keep emphasizing that mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it, it's it's um yeah so uh, that was that was my um overall thing so i just thought we should uh just address that quickly because it was it is a huge deal and and um you know i, I know two people that were directly affected one who lost her husband as who was a firefighter really good friend of mine and another really mm-hmm. good friend of mine who was in the tower and managed to get out of there alive. And uh, I can tell you, both of them did not feel any peace from the thing, from it happening. Either one of them felt like it was about bin Laden from the beginning and didn't feel more peaceful now that dead. It just, that didn't really, it didn't do anything. So, uh, you know, it's like, so if the people who were really directly affected were not celebrating... I don't see why a bunch of other people came up to a bright idea to celebrate. It's just weird. Yeah, I absolutely. And, you know, perhaps it's a whole other show, but, oh, because, man, I could really go on and on about this. But um, I agree with you. You know, I really agree with you. I just, I don't see where there's pleasure in enjoying someone's death. It's hard for me as a coach to fathom that. Yeah, indeed. All right. Well, I'm glad we brought this up because it's important. You know, this is the show about you know playing big in the world and coaches playing big in the world. So we 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 need to talk about these matters. All right. Let me move on to another topic, a more a way more cheerful topic. <laughs> One last cultural phenomenon that I participated in over the weekend. I went to uh, a communication symposium on Friday, which I get invited to every year. It's an annual event at Baruch uh, University in uh, Manhattan. And it's an event where they invite 50 educators and 50 CEOs to talk about communication. And it's it's a really fun event. And I was on a particular edge this event going because um, Deanna and I have been cooking up a really cool thing we're going to do this summer. Uh, to do an intensive version of our program for educators, you know, primarily for educators, for anyone who wants to do an intense six-week, you know, 
become a certified coach in six week kind of scenario. So that might appeal to more people than educators, but educators is one group we're especially um, uh, orienting this thing towards because educators often have summers free, so uh, so that's a big thing. And I'm really seeing how educators would really benefit from learning how to coach teachers, school administrators, learning how to coach would be such an awesome thing. So we are going to be reaching out to all of you to ask for your help in helping us find educators and let them know about this thing we're doing this summer starting in, in July after Fourth of July weekend. The, week, the next week after that, we're going to do a six-week intensive version of our Level 1 curriculum um, where people can get all the education and mentoring and practicums and everything they need to get an ACC. Uh, level certification in six weeks. So it's going to be awesome and tense. And so we are going to be reaching out to you for your help in finding educators. But anyway, I was sitting there amidst a bunch of educators, a lot of college professors, college HR professionals. And so I was talking to them about this idea and it was, I was getting a lot of jazz going. And it's like, you know, they are really wanting to learn new ways to communicate, learn new ways to approach education. Then I started really thinking that it's such a powerful dynamic because we talk about the industrial economy all the time, and we have been talking about it for years, and the effect of the industrial economy and the industrial age and how it has us think about and treat people and human energy as workers. And, you know, the basic phenomenon is, you know, you go to work, you sit down, shut up, do what you're told, get your job done, collect your paycheck. And that's basically the industrial age. That's how humans were thought of as workers. Well, of course, then, our education system is designed to create workers. What do we do? We take these little people, we take them, put them in a room, we say, sit down, shut up, listen, do what you're told, pass the test. And so we have a whole education system is designed to create workers. And, you know, we don't even let the kids play anymore. We don't have recess. The kids don't have recess. We don't let the kids play. It's like, sit down and work. You're eight years old. Work. <laughs> like, what the heck? Our whole school system is designed for the industrial age. And our universities are, too. It's like, you know, they're like, well, how do we get these kids to work? They don't want to work. They just want to play video games. I'm like, well, guess what? They're not going to work. These kids refuse to work. It's a new age. They didn't, they're not growing up in the industrial age. They're growing up in the inspiration age. And in the inspiration age, you don't work. You play. So we need to overhaul our schools. We need to overhaul our universities so that the young people learn how to play well and play better and play fair and play and express their creativity and all of these things. So... I'm really pumped to teach educators about how to coach and how to teach people how to play and how to learn how to play in their own lives and and create schools that are oriented around kids being creative and expressive and resourceful and 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 then so so that's one thing. Then the next thing is I learned about this really cool new thing that's happening. It's this movement and I have to say this, it's uh, the proper way of pronouncing it is pachachka. But um, 
it's also, but the way it looks is, uh, it, it looks, it's, it's a, it comes, it started in Japan, so it's this Japanese, uh, this Japanese thing. It looks like Pecha Kucha, but it's pronounced Pachachka, right? And this is what a Pachachka event is. It's an event. It's typically three to six hours, and it's curated with speakers. And the speakers go up in front of the room, and every speaker has to provide uh, a uh, PowerPoint slide set with 20 slides, exactly 20 slides. And you go in front of the room, and the, the slideshow thing is set to change slides every 20 seconds. So you go up there with your 20 slides, you start talking, the slide changes every 20 seconds, and you basically get 6 minutes and 40 seconds to make your point. It's sort of like TED on steroids. I mean, TED is like 18 minutes. This is six and a half minutes. And it isn't. So they actually had one happening Saturday night in, in New York City, and it was it was all people related to how to transform community spaces in New York City. And so there was architects and philosophers and and designers and scientists and all these fascinating people. And they just go up there and their slides just start flying. And it's like you can't put a lot of information on the slide because you only have 20 seconds. And people are talking fast and they're letting it rip. And it's just like, boom, they're 6 minutes, 40 seconds. And they're off the stage and 20 seconds, introduce the next person. They're up there. And boom, they're letting it rip. And it's intense. And there's all these people there and they're cheering and going wild. And they serve beer. <laughs> so you're drinking beer and getting fired up and excited about these ideas. And it's a really intense event. And this thing, you know, it's scheduled to go from 9 p.m. No, 8, was 8, 8 or 9, 8 p.m. to 3 a.m. is the scheduled event. I couldn't last. By 10.30, I had to get out of there. I was like, oh, man, I can't take anymore. I, my brain is buzzing. Maybe it was because I wasn't drinking the beer. <laughs> I think if I would have had, I think that's why they serve beer. It's like you need the beer to counterbalance <laughs> the intensity of the event. So, anyway, I'm very excited about Pachachka. And uh, I will be thinking about ways that we can bring this into our uh, into our coaching world because it's so cool just to see these really smart people doing amazing things, just telling you all about it for six minutes and forty seconds. And it was awesome because one of the women that was presented, she talked about this really cool charter school she's trying to form in uh, Red Hook. Brooklyn, which is this devastated area on the on the shore of Brooklyn, and she wants to put in a charter school in there. She's talking about this idea, and she goes up there and she says, we need to create new schools because the, the industrial age has killed, thwarted our children. The children spend, you know, 98% of their time in school working one-on-one -on, -one on assignments. They don't learn how to 
work in teams. They don't know how to play together. And she's like, I want to create a new school that, that reverses the industrial age. And I was like, oh, my goodness, who is this woman? <laughs> she's totally speaking my language. So I'm like, she after her talk, she went straight for the beer. So I headed over, <laughs> I headed over there into the beer area, but not to have a beer, although now I realize I should have had one. But just to talk to her, and she's so interesting. So, you know, so I told her about coaching, and it was awesome. And so anyway, I just wanted to share this with you, that there's there's some really exciting new designs and formats for sharing information, for communicating. And I'm going to think, you know, we're we're starting to think about and talk about putting together some kind of Coachville events. Uh, again, around some of our materials and doing cool things. But I'm thinking when we do these events, we might have to have some Pachachka-style segments of the event. But I guess we'll probably have to do it at night because it really seems like you you have to have the beer. Otherwise, it doesn't work. (laughs) So we will uh, will orchestrate that for... uh, for when we start doing our events again, but there's just a, I just wanted to share that with you. It was a it was an awesome thing. Uh, this hap, this particular one I went to was about like I said, open spaces and Manhattan and things. Uh, but um, really, just cool ideas. So I, I'm just pretty charged up about that, and we'll see how we can create a similar style type of thing for the coaching world, so we can you know get a bunch of us coaches to share and talk about what we're doing in the world and and do it in six and a half minutes. All right. Sarah, it's great to have you here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm thrilled. I'm excited. I've I've loved having you in classes. And we're just really excited about you as a coach and and what you're doing. So, um, So in six and a half minutes... (laughs) <laughs> and 20 slides. Let me grab my beer. I know. <laughs> so did you bring your 20 slides? Are you ready yes. to go? <laughs> I am. <laughs> no, no, we won't hold you to that right now. I think okay. you time to prepare. What would you say is, is, um, was your driving motivation to become a coach? Wow. Um, you know, honestly, it was I was wanting to help others, wanting to really develop my assistant, my my skills and how to help other people. And throughout that process, I I think this is something I brought up in class one day, is that I didn't realize <laughs> that I would majorly change as well. It has been an awesome, phenomenal ride. And I've learned through my growth, um, just it's it's easier for me to, to pick up on other people's growth as well and how to help bolster them and, and move them to where their goals need to be. That is awesome. So you started off with a big drive to want to help others, and you learned out along the way that you need to transform yourself in the process. Mhm. <laughs> yeah, you I mean you, I don't definitely I know I'm not perfect, but you know you think um I I've got, I've got it together and boy oh boy. You know, <laughs> coaching just kind of flips it and says um think again, you know, like there's still a lot of work you've got to do. Um but um, 
But I'm definitely, I, I'm so grateful. Um, but yeah, I, I went into coaching wanting to help others and really try to find a path for myself um, where I was going on my own life journey and um, how I could bring others along. Uh, I've, I've come to find as well that having the support of other people on my journey helps me too. So it's kind of um, uh, this clear conduit between those that I'm helping and myself um, just to become better people along the way and uh, better coach for myself and help them grow more in their lives. Yes. Awesome. I just love that. <laughs> Thank you. So what has been your biggest thrill so far, both on the personal side and on the coaching other side? Wow. Um, the personal side is, is definitely me finding my own voice and becoming more comfortable in my skin, my own skin. It was, um, as I said, I mean, I've really, I've really, really grown and, um, I'm floored at how much I've, I personally have grown. <laughs> I know people in my life are amazed as well. Um, but it's me, you know, finding my own truth, finding my own voice, um, standing a little bit taller and and uh, more true to my personal convictions and um, just owning my truth and being proud of my truth. That's That is something that I have taken such great pride in. Um, and it's, it's really blown me away. I mean, as you can see, I'm speechless. <laughs> there aren't, there aren't words, more emotions, but, um, just amazed. I, I'm totally floored. Awesome. And you, you had asked me as well, like, what, what was it on the coaching side? Yes. Oh, wow. Um, you know, it's getting to know people. On a more, on a deeper level, on a more intimate level. It's instead of the day to day, how are you doing? It's, it's taking it a step further and, and even further and further. Um, so it's getting to know people in my life better, getting to know my clients better. And it's truly respecting their humanity and not, it's, it's respecting and honoring, I think is the best way to, to put it. That's an interesting point you're saying this because one of the things, you know, uh, one of the things I always think about in coaching is how, you know, coaching is such a powerful personal growth tool for the mm-hmm. coach, <laughs> right? It's like, yeah, it's, it's good for the client, but it's really good for the coach. <laughs> You know, because you really just, every client, every player is a mirror into your own soul. And it's like, wow, you just start seeing aspects of yourself, some you love to see, some you don't like to see. (laughs) You know, you just really start seeing yourself from so many different perspectives and everyone you coach. You know, and it's it's like you really have to start growing fast to even just keep up with what you're having other people do. That's so true. That's so true. And you really do. I'm sorry, Deanna. Um, I'm curious, out of all of the classes that you took, which one do you think was the impetus for the the biggest self-change? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would definitely have to say it was the final class, the personal environment. So making um, your environment work with you, 
um, it was something else that was kind of, um, that Coach Dave had said in class was thinking about people that help pull you up to where you need to be and those that you need to help pull up. And um, there's some people in your life that give you that push. <laughs> and I guess it would be a negative push where, you're, you know, they're pushing you away, but those are the people that you really need to to really reach out to and hold on to even tighter. And those are the people that I have come to find personally um, on my own journey that help me get to where I need to be. Awesome. And that's really cool, too. And just for, for those of you keeping track at home, the yeah. uh, the uh, personal environment program, we are changing the name of it starting in the next semester to the World Power Method. And I love that. I think that speaks more true to what the class is really about. I do, too. I can't believe it took me eight years to figure that out. <laughs> We're always learning. It's okay. <laughs> Man, some of these things just take me so long to figure out. I'm like, goodness gracious. But you know what's interesting about that? I, I was, I met this woman. I was at this communication thing and uh, event on Friday, and this woman comes up to me, and she goes, you're Dave Buck. And I said, well, yeah, thanks for letting me know. Okay, so I wasn't <laughs> sure. <laughs> she goes, oh, I remember... I remember when Thomas Leonard first started Coachville, and I was one of the first members, and I remember you were always there in all the classes. I'm like, wow, you know, hi, you know, how are you doing? You know, she's been a coach for a long time. She said, so, you know, she goes, I lost track. What have you been up to for the last eight years? I said, wow, what a question. What have I been up to for the last eight years? Did you get her a beer first before you started? We're going to need to get a beer before I answer this question. It it was a great question because it's like, how do you summarize eight years of your life? Like, to answer a question like that. And my brain just, like, came up with an answer. I said, said, well, first of all, we're going to have to sit down. I said, sit down. And I'm going to tell you what I've done for the last eight years of my life. I said, and this is what I said to her. I said, all right, here's what I've done. I I was hanging around Thomas all the time before he died. And Thomas said a lot of really profound things. But most of the profound things he said, he would just sort of drop them like bombs in the conversation. And he would never explain what he meant. <laughs> right? So one of the things he kept saying over and over again, there's two things he said. Every event he said these two things, and he never explained them. One thing he said was, he said, you can become super conductive, where your energy and thoughts and feelings are all flowing without resistance towards what you want to do in your life. He said this every event, but he never explained it. Another thing he said in every event was, he he kept saying, you can delegate your success to your environment, so that way you don't have to try so hard, and you can be more successful. He said this all the time, never explained how to do it. I said, so over the last eight years, I've basically come up with methods to explain how to do these things Thomas kept talking about all the time. And that's exactly what I've done. 
freedom method is how to become superconductive. The world power method is how to delegate your success to your environment. So, I, you know, I just basically took these two things he said all the time, and I just spent eight years figuring out how to do it, and now I got it. She said, and now we're the lucky ones to to learn it and be able to teach others as well. Well, I really appreciate you saying that. I feel I feel so lucky that I have people like you who have been, you know, with us for the last bunch of years. How you know? studying this and trying it out in almost like this big laboratory and it's like wow we, <laughs> we figured it out it's so darn cool she and she was like wow you figured out how to do stuff thomas used to talk about okay cool i want to get back into coachville she goes <laughs> i said yeah you should it's really awesome and I, I don't want to say like taking credit for it all myself although i've been really you know driving the bus but a lot of coaches have been involved in these conversations in the last eight years <laughs> and it's just really cool, but you know, these Thomas just set this big agenda for us, and then we just, you know, then he stepped out of the way and said, "Okay, guys, go for it." Wow. Basically, what we've been doing, and so I'm really excited when Deanna asked you that question you said about personal environments. It's like, you know what? That is really cool because that just really speaks to the fact that. You know, we just took these ideas that Thomas dropped on us, and then we just ran with it, and we figured it out, and now they're actually really starting to have a big impact on people's lives. Absolutely. And I love, you, I love what you said, too, about being able to use it now with your with the people you coach, because that's really the whole idea. That's how the thing is going to spread like wildfire. That's right. And and something I've noticed, too, um, just in my personal environment, but it's more of a world environment, is that there's a lot of game and play talk. It's amazing. <laughs> I didn't realize it until I took these coaching classes, is that you hear a lot of, um, well, prime example kind of coming full circle back to the beginning of, of the conversation, um, but you know, in politics, you hear, well, this is the game plan. And then this was well played. You know, the strategies were well executed. And I, it's just, it amazes me that it's all, no matter what you play in life, it's all game talk. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's interesting because I myself, just this past week, I don't know, um, it's not like I've been exposing myself to more media or reading more books than normal, but I swear that I have been having multiple exposures to the idea of play um, this week than I have in in the whole last year. I feel I like have we to. are just. <laughs> I, know, I feel like yeah. it's just like suddenly it's going to explode. Um, it just feels mm-hmm. it, it's. And I was just thinking that this morning because I opened up an email and I can't even remember where it was from. And there was somebody talking about play again. And I thought, wow, this is just weird. In this last week, it has come to the surface. And I don't know. You know, I think um, to, to go full circle back to the original conversation, you know, sometimes when a devastating moment happens, regardless of how people interpret it, it is the imp- impetus to another change. And and our country has been through a lot of devastating moments, but sometimes you sort of hit that wall and one takes you over the edge. 
And um, I, I, I like to believe that this one is the one that take us, takes us over the edge and, and people are starting to want to see things differently. Wow. That is a big point. Very big. <laughs> it's really big. Well, I know I, I had the same feeling, like I said, when I when this woman talked about the charter school and she started talking about the industrial age and how the kids are taught to be workers and we need to create a new way where they're playing and they're on teams and they're learning how to collaborate. I was like, holy crap, this is what I've been talking about for years and now other people are talking about it too. This is so awesome. It's like, yes, it's our time. Come on, people. <laughs> I was pumped. I was like, okay, I don't need a beer, but I got to do something. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. Very so, cool. So, it's really cool. Now, so Sarah, you're, I mean, you're, you, I, I could just think of so many times in class where you were such a source of inspiration. Oh, thank you. I mean, and I mean, when you, if you look at like, all-star players in terms of, like, scoring points and the games. I mean, you are, like, on the all-star team. You know, I, have to, I, I, wanna, I just want to say something about that because I have only had an experience with Sarah one time, and it was a crazy time for me. Blake was in the hospital getting his bone marrow transplant. I was substituting for um, an inner freedom class. Dave, I think you were traveling. There okay. were some technical issues, but I pulled it all off. I was actually hosting the class from the meditation room in the hospital. And my biggest memory of that class is you, Sarah. I mean, there, oh, thank there, you. It was, just, it was how you, your presence in the class, how you opened yourself up and just, like, put yourself out there. And and it was really remarkable, and I always remember that. That was one of the first like, big classes that I substituted in, and it was, um, you know, one of those out-of-the-comfort-zone moments for me. And mm -hmm. um, I just have a really fond memory of it, and, and a great deal of that fond memory has to do with your participation. Thank you so much. I, You know, I definitely... Um I think I just came, not an epiphany, but I came to the realization one day in, in class that I felt that others were sharing, but that they weren't going deep enough. And I thought, I was a little bit, honestly, I was a little bit upset. And I said, you know, I'm not going deep enough. Let me, you know, why don't I just push the envelope and see where it goes? And I noticed that when I did it, it was kind of, you know, like everybody followed the lead and it, you know, it, it was very rewarding for me because I felt that I could connect on a much better level with my classmates. And it, it, it honestly, it felt really good to get out what I needed to say and know that I was in a safe environment. And that truly was the turning point for me to speaking my own truth and growing even more was just letting go, you know, just know that I'm in an okay place and I can speak up and um, let it all out. Yeah, you definitely did. You were an inspiration, uh, and, and, and you're so right because as you really shared and, and participated fully, then that really got the whole class going. Mm-hmm. 
It's interesting. I just had a conversation about this particular thing in Stop Up and Stand Out last week because there was a just this really beautiful moment where one of the students shared a story that just, I mean, you could have heard a pin drop. Everyone was totally blown over by the story. And it, and it, it started this whole conversation about um, something that seems to be missing in general society. Um, and it's something that I, I truly love. And, and we, we end up talking a lot in this caffeine, in caffeine about um, authenticity, but it's even a step, it's a step further than authenticity. It's vulnerability and, and how really beautiful vulnerability is when you share it and how it quickly creates safe space um, for people to explore the idea of becoming a coaching client. Because if you're willing to share your vulnerability, then they know it's okay to come to the game not perfect and just to come to the, to, to come to the game at all. Um, yeah, and, and I love that. I, I just love that idea of vulnerability. Really big point too, Deanna, even going a step further into what makes for great coaching conversation. And vulnerability on the part of the coach is part of the deal. And, you know, old school coaching was, you know, you just ask questions, you don't share anything, and that is not great coaching. Because you need to set the stage for your player to share deeply by sharing deeply yourself. Now, it doesn't mean you go on a 20-minute rant, but you have to be willing to share deeply about yourself, your situation, your failures, your de- your dark moments, and weaving those into the conversation from time to time really allows your player to do that with you. I agree, and it not only just allows your player to do that for you, um, with you, what it also does is allow your player to see, even in most vulnerable moments, there's possibility. And, and that's what I like to do in my coaching sessions and in my classes. I will tell people stories about my experience at Coachville or in my own life that shows that, you know, even if you're at this place, this place is really possible, and 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 don't ever forget that. Um, and and you know, I I, t- I talk when I'm talking about coaching to people when I'm out out in the world. I, I talk about a lot about presenting possibility, even in the darkest moments, um, because I mean, magic things happen there. And, and you know, we've had some really serious dark moments in our country just last week, and. Um, you know, there's possibility there and there's vulnerability there and it's just finding it, ferreting it out and then doing something really big with it. Wow. I feel like profound today, people. <laughs> That's cool, all right. I I'm I'm really glad that <laughs> that I'm on this call this week because this is it's hitting home hard for me because this is everything I went through this last week. So I'm so glad. Everything happens for a reason, right? <laughs> Um, it's good, Paul, because you started my day with the uh, this idea of what are those six minute things called again? Pachanka. 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 I forget that name. But you know, after I got off the call with you with the Pachanka thing, my mind went into this total like I could barely control it. 
Um, because it made me start thinking about what Pachashka really is, and it's kind of like this old, it's, it's that old style of salon where creative yes. people would get together and throw big ideas out at each other, and then they'd all disperse and change the world. Yes. It is and, and exactly right. That's been in my head since, so I'm just super wound up today. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's an organized, super energized 21st century salon. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just, it, it wasn't like only elite members of society were invited. Anybody with 10 bucks can come in. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> pay 10 bucks and you can go in. And then when people talk, they go over to the beer, and you can go over to the beer area and talk to them. <laughs> it was awesome. But I, I'm, I'm totally with you. It's like, okay, we got to figure out a way to bring these, like, play. We have to have find a way to host, like, play big pachachkas. Yes. Around the world. That would be so cool. And really, just the word Pachashka is fun, so how can it You're not right. be fun? <laughs> <laughs> it is fun, and it's even fun if you say it the way it looks like it, which is Pecha Kucha. Even that's kind of cool, but whether it's Pecha Kucha or Pachashka, it's good. It's like, yeah, I want to go to one of those. <laughs> Sarah, please chime in. What are your, what are your thoughts about this? Yeah, well, I was thinking... Um, how, how you know, a lot of times we're kind of um, pigeonholed into saying, oh, you, you know, you have to have your, your niche and, you know, have this elevator pitch and, you know, the time it takes you to go from first floor to third floor to tell somebody what you do. And sometimes it takes longer than that. So this Pachachka, I'm thinking, wow, you know, like there's so many facets to coaching that it's often – finding sometimes difficult to say what I do and how I help others and how others help me in 60 seconds, you know? <laughs> so to right. get, have that, the 20-second slide interval, you know, at, um, at six minutes, I think that's more elaborate, more profound. I really like that idea and, and playing with that in Coachville. I think that's awesome. It is. It is. It is awesome, and I'm pumped. I'm, I'm ready. We, we, you know, my creative wheels are spinning. So you know, if my wheels are spinning and Deanna's wheels are spinning, something's gonna happen. So <laughs> I'm afraid. Right. Be afraid, people. Be very afraid. You're gonna be invited to a pachachka near you one day soon. <laughs> no, but it's really cool because you know I've been really looking at how to reignite. Coachville in cities and to have Coachville City gatherings again. And, you know, but it can't be the, you know, the traditional, you know, go and eat some chicken and, and watch a speaker for an hour and a half and then everyone tries to, you know, awkwardly network for a few minutes. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. we cannot produce those kind of events. That is No, we need Six minute slides and some really good beer, and then it'll all be different. <laughs> this is exactly what I'm talking about. So, you know, so somehow, you know, the co- if we reignite Coachville in cities, we're going to do some cool things. We're going to host Pachachkas. 
you know, you know what this really is and, and why it really energizes me, it's not just the salon, but, you know, I've always loved personal story, and, and I used to be part of um, a nonprofit when I lived in Philadelphia. I play, was an active participant in um, Blue Sky, which is now First Person, and, and First Person is an organization that's all about um, people telling their stories through all of the arts. And one of the things they do is story slam, where people get up on stage and they have a certain amount of time and they have to tell a really provocative story in that time. Um, and and um, this is exactly the same thing, but it's just about idea instead. You know, yes, so if our, if our pachachkas are, are in the pursuit of human greatness, give us six minutes, how will you change it? How will you make it happen? I mean, I mean that's, that's provocative and exciting and... Um, you know, makes me want to leave the house right now and start looking for a venue and some great beer. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's what we need to do. Great venue and great beer. Let's do this. I'm, I'm serious. You know, I can have one planned in no time. You know how I am with this. <laughs> All right, well, keep your eyes peeled, people, because this is going to be happening. And if you are interested in hosting a Coachville Play Big Pachachka in your city... <laughs> That actually has a kind of a ring to it, too. Play big pachachka. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds that good. Cool. That actually sounds pretty cool. Well, Sarah, you were right here for the for the origination. Fantastic! I love it. <laughs> so we really appreciate your uh, your being a catalyst in the conversation today. Thank you. Um, With that, now kids, it's ten up. I have to get ready for the become a coach game. Yes, you go, you go wild, and Sarah and I will continue on for a few more minutes of great conversation. All right, see you later. All right. Thank you, Deanna. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, so Sarah, please, uh, you know, I'm, like I said, you, you're just such an inspiration. So so tell me a little bit about what you're doing now. What, what, what do you, what, what's happening with you in your coaching career? Oh, well, I... First of all, I realize that I am so excited for this interview today, whereas I, in the past I would have been nervous, Nelly, and oh, yikes, but this is so exciting for me. So thank you again. Um, yeah, but my, my coaching career, I'm helping others um, who have been on the same path as me. So people who have addiction, so I have uh, addiction to food, <laughs> Um, relationships, self-awareness, um, spiritual connections, and LGBT um, topics, which all hit home for me, as well as people who have um, anxiety, which is what I have. And I, I've come to find that, um, personally, it was, well, it sounds like a conversation all about me today, but, <laughs> but um, personally for me, it was, I wanted to be a coach who had experienced the same things that my clients are going through. And having gone through the route of, you know, seeing doctors for anxiety and panic attacks and whatnot, I often found that they were book-wise educated in what I was going through, but they had not personally been through it. And it feels different. It feels as though it was, let me write this prescription for you and you'll be okay. <laughs> and it's so much more than that. It's so much deeper than that. And so for me to reach out to others who have the same things that I have or have gone through the same experiences, I feel that it's 
a better connection and it's more relatable to, for others to, you know, to come to me and say, oh my God, you, you know, you've been through this too and you know what it's like and you're not just, you know, saying, oh, it's going to be okay. You know, it's really, it, it's a lot of inner work. It's a lot of, um, you know, clearing things up. <laughs> it's a lot of everything. And, you know, for me to be the best coach I can possibly be, I wanted to be the most authentic person I could possibly be and help others that are going through the same thing as me. And, and by saying that as well, I'm not totally truth be told, I'm not totally over my all of my fears and all of my panic and all of my anxiety, but I think that's what makes me um, as genuine as possible because I'm, for me personally, you know, again, as I said, you know, going to a doctor that hasn't had it or even somebody that's totally recovered, it's it's a totally different experience when you're still in that predicament yourself and somebody's already healed and... For me, I, I I feel that it's more relatable for somebody who's on the same level as me, or maybe even you know I might be a step or two ahead of them yeah. to help to help pull them up. Yeah, two steps yeah. ahead, the key. Absolutely. Just stay Absolutely. two steps ahead, and you'll be fine. <laughs> That's all you got. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm definitely going forward. I'm not going back, but um, yeah, it's just it's been a fantastic journey and. Um, you know, it's funny because some of the clients that I have had, um, you know, they're going through different things and it was not exactly focused on what I was, you know, what I'm truly going for. But in the end, it, it's all about stepping outside of your comfort zone and stepping outside of your fears and, you know, dancing. Uh, it doesn't even have to be a graceful dance, but just getting out there and dancing and, and um, you know, so okay, so you, you have too much feet, you know, you, you tumble a little bit, but you're still having fun and you still get back up and you're still, you know, dancing your booty off. <laughs> yeah, right, so, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Well, that is awesome. You know, we always talk about coach the games you know. Absolutely, yeah. You are definitely living that one. And that yeah, is, living it. That's an inspiration. You know, coach the games you know. You take your most challenging, you know, some aspects of your life that have been the most challenging, and you turn that into the games you're going to coach. Mm-hmm. And how beautiful is that? That's like transforming your life into something of value to others. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it helps me as well to know that um, I think a lot of times people that have, and, and I hate because it sounds so cliche, so I hate saying, you know, mental illness, quote, you know, with air quotes around that, but um, it's having this this stigma that it, it looks and feels so negative when somebody says, oh, you know, you have anxiety, that's a mental illness, and I'm thinking, no, it's just, you know, it's it's, it's something you need to work through. It's not, it doesn't make you a bad person or, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not negative. It's just a facet of who you are. Um, and when I discovered that for myself, that's when I could t- truly embrace who I really am and say, you know what? I'm Sarah. This is part of me, but this doesn't define who I am. I think it's a great point, and, and I, it's a fabulous point. And I think there's something, too, you know, just the whole, uh, I don't know, pathological 
I don't know even how to say this, pathologicalization of people. Mm -hmm. right? It's like we have to give them a pathology. You have to tell them, here's what's wrong with you. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe that's, in, in some cases, I'm sure that that is valuable because somehow knowing that helps you address it in, a, in an effective manner. Well, sure, other, yeah. On the other hand, I think there's probably times where we assign people to a pathology that they don't really need to be assigned that pathology. Maybe they're many steps away from that full on, but they could where they could be coached rather than trying to be, you know, fixed. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's kind of, let me fix you. No, 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 don't, don't let me fix you. Let me help you, you know, <laughs> because it's, it's, it's a healing process. It's a learning process. And sometimes even things that are fixed can be broken again. So how can we create a stronger foundation to where you can move on, you know, your journey from here can go forward without needing to be fixed again? Yeah, I think you make a great point. It's all about starting wherever you are. Mm -hmm. And start building your foundation. Right. And and then build on top of that for who you want to be in the world. And that applies no matter where you are. That's absolutely true. Right? No matter where you are, no matter what you've been told you are or what experience you've had, good or bad, or what you might have even been diagnosed with, it always starts with, all right, here I am, and I'm going to build my foundation right here and build it to go and do what I want to do in the world. Mm -hmm. That's where we all are. That's so. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where we all are. So let's do it. Come on, people. Let's go. <laughs> awesome. Absolutely. Uh, Sarah, I want to thank you for being here. And thank you I so really much. Thank you for being such a great, uh, you know, ins inspiration to people and coaches everywhere. And, uh, you, you know, it's so great having you in our school, and we're thrilled for everything you're doing in the world. So uh, thanks for uh, making us proud and, and uh, sharing a little bit with us today. It's been great. Well, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me and, and having me on and all the awesome experiences in school. I'm, I'm continuing education through Coach Vels. <laughs> the best Love is that. yet to come. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome back. You're welcome anytime, as you know. Thank you. Awesome. All right, folks, that's a wrap. Captain, we'll wrap up today's show. Thanks, everyone, for being here today. All-star player coach Sarah Woodruff today on our program. Thank you for joining us here at the World Headquarters for the Play Big Revolution. This broadcast is copyright 2011 by Coachville LLC. Join us again next week, same time and place, both here on our phone lines and around the world on blogtalkradio.com. I'm Vince Hayes, and remember, if there's beer and PowerPoint, always have a designated <laughs> presenter. Bye-bye, everyone. I love it. <laughs> well said, Captain. Bye, everyone. <laughs>